Hey, what's up, guys? Today, we're going to be talking about how to purchase a house in 2022 if you're self-employed. You want to tune in for this one. See you on the inside. Hey, everyone. I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Zuniga. I'm here with my amazing host, Carl Freund. Yes, sir. And today we are talking about an exciting topic, and I'm one of these. You're one of these. I'm one of these. There's a lot of people that listen to you that are one of these. How do you get approved for a house or even an investment being self-employed? It's tricky. It is tricky. It's freaking tricky. There's a little bit more <laughs> red tape that you have to go through uh, these days, you know, especially oh, to qualify for that. But yeah. in a nutshell, guys. If you are self-employed or if you started a business or maybe you even went to a commission-based job, you know, this is- That's a very good point. Commission-based job, right? Or you change industry from W-2 to a commission-based job. This is some of the things we want to talk about. And we'll obviously get another opportunity um, if you don't have these things on what some of the options may be uh, for for you to get qualified. But if you're speaking with a traditional lender, most important thing is they want to see taxes for the last two years, Okay. And make sure they're actually filed. Yeah, make sure you actually yeah. file them correctly. Yes. You don't have to be doing amendments. Make sure you have a good account. If you don't have one, we have resources for that. Right. Okay, because that is very, very important. Okay. I know for a lot of, and I'll just touch about this. I know for a lot of, especially us too, I know for a lot of uh, self-employed individuals, last thing you want to do is pay taxes. Right. Right. So we try and have as many write-offs as possible so we can reduce our tax liability to Uncle Sam at the end of the year. Yes. Okay. Well, it makes a difference if you if you are showing how much income you have and then your write-offs and actually showing how much income you want to show for that year, it may actually hurt you, okay? It's so funny because everybody's like, oh, dude, I make, you know, 300000 a year and then you get their tax return and you're like, dude, you made twenty two grand, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You know, the big difference between gross and net and yes. I think people need to understand that. So the lender's going to look at your net minus all of your expenses. Now, what yes. you can do is you can actually add back in depreciation. One of the you reasons can. why I like real estate, you know, especially investment properties, yeah. a lot. Because what can you do with real estate? You can depreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, offset a lot of that. Uh, it could be earned income or 1099 income or yeah. you know, Schedule C, whatever you got, right? So you're saying, hey, look, I grossed 300000 but my depreciation is 300000 but I didn't have any other expenses attached to that. Then the lender can go back and, and add back the depreciation and get your net income back up mm-hmm. to where you can actually qualify. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, if you're like me or a lot of other self-employed individuals, you're writing off as much as you can. You're writing off car, you're writing off your cell phone, you're writing off everything, you know, all this stuff, Every marketing meal, expenses, lunch, everything, oh, everything. You know, and so the lender has to look at that net income number. And so just be aware of what they can add back in, which is only going to be like depreciation and shit like that. You know, okay. a lot of the expenses and stuff can't get added back in. So if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, hey, dude, I, I actually grossed 300000 uh, my expenses there are there. Yes. You know, my depreciation, is there, but you know, my net income is like 20 grand. You're not going to qualify. And so it doesn't matter what credit score you have. I've said, we're looking for a 720, but what you can do is kind of what I did. You know, I got a bank statement loan. And so what you can do is look at the bank statement deposits over the course of a year and you can use business or personal and average them out and say, Hey, look, we're going to discard, you know, the biggest deposit usually. And then we're going to take all the other deposits together unless there's something unusual there. And we're going to average them out over 12 months and just see what it is. There's your monthly income. And then we'll subtract your expenses out of that, which would be your car payments, your, you know, housing, you know, payment proposed, mm-hmm. uh, credit card payments, student loan payments and everything out and see what your debt ratio is. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. It really, really is. So it's like you're either going to pay, you know, Uncle Sam in taxes 
or you're going to have to pay a higher interest rate because, you know, there are kind of some strings attached to getting those bank statement loans, which is a higher rate. Yeah. And going back to taxes, guys, if you are a self-employed individual, whether you started this year, last year, or maybe two years ago, having a solid account on your side is important. He's probably one of the number one partners that you need to have that you need to be taking to dinner, you know, bringing them Christmas gifts because they will save you money. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not only will they save you money, they will help work with you and your lender to let you know exactly what you need to qualify for and how much you need to show, how much you need to write off in order for you to qualify for say a $500,000 house next year. Okay. The relationship that I have with my accountant is fantastic. I told him, his name's Pablo. I'm happy to refer him. I refer him out to everybody. He's amazing. Say, Hey Pablo, I need to qualify for this next year. Um, this is how much we made. All right, cool. This is how much we need to write off. Boom. There you go. It's done. I did that for three, I think we're going on four years now based off of what my financial strategy was going to be and my home purchasing strategy, you know, for that coming year. And we were able to line it up and he was able to, um, I obviously had to have the certain write-offs, you know, in order to get down and reduce income, you know, you know, for that, that has to be legit. You can't hide that. You have to have that, um, on there. But what I recommend is that you need to foresee what you're trying to do financially and have those conversations. Okay. Just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to show a lot of money and then you don't even qualify Yep. just like you were saying. Okay. Another big thing, especially for these traditional lenders is a profit and loss, a P and L. Okay. You want to d- definitely have a ca- an account of how much you're making, what is the months, what are your expenses, whether it's like you say, like you were talking about home office, your car, your mileage, your entertainment, maybe you travel for business, right? Marketing expenses, advertising, all the things as a business owner that you need to accumulate and submit for your write-offs, yep. you know, at the end of the year. That is very important. Um, bank statements, like you were saying. You need to have, sometimes they even request, you know, three, four, sometimes six months back, depending on the lender. And we were just talking about this before, you know, for self-employed, you need to have anywhere from three to six months reserves, right? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And so why they actually, why they actually do that. Yeah. Lending guidelines actually just really tightened up. So yeah. there's something called a automated underwriter, essentially mm-hmm. is what it is. Yeah. And so it's an algorithm that determines if you qualify or if you don't, um, there are ways to manually underwrite for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Or DU, yeah. Yeah, D-U-L-P. And yeah. so what happened? I used to be a lender. So what happens is it's going to look at compensating factors. So it says, hey, look, Josh might have a 719 credit score, which isn't optimal, but it's okay. But, you know, he's he's got 25 months worth of reserves, right? He's got more than two years worth of reserves of shit hit the fan. He can't pay the bills or he loses his job. He can at least maintain for two years. That's a good compensating factor. And, hey, that's a low risk, right? So – it looks at all these different factors, credit, income, you know, all of the things combined, how long you've been at your residence for that shows stability, mm-hmm. how long you've had credit lines open for that shows stability, how much available credit you have that shows stability, all the compensating factors that go into credit scores too make a big difference when you're going to underwrite. So those things take, you know, into consideration, everything does. It's a yeah. big holistic picture. So if you're self-employed, start thinking about it and strategize, talk to, you know, a good accountant that's going to get you set up. You know, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest takeaway from today. Yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. We'll even have the conversation with the, the lender say, Hey, what do I need to do? And then have your tax account and be like, Hey, my lender said, I need to do this for my taxes this coming year. Can we achieve that? Tax guy says, yes. You let lender know taxes are filed. You submit it to your lender when they're all completed and you're good to go. Yep. Right. Simple as that. Um, let's just say, and you're even talking about reserves. I want to bring up real estate because if you're a real estate investor and you're trying to get approved for these additional loans, 
even this year, or is it last year? I think in December, they required that I have six months of reserves on every single rental property, right? Times five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have yeah. to have that, you know, into account. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something new that they brought in. When I did it before, they didn't request that. They just want to see six months of reserves in my own account. Right. But now it's every single rental property. As so, right? You know, something happened with COVID. Something, if that happens again, then we have to make sure that we protect our own asses and make sure that he can actually perform all of these loans and he actually has that, you know, nice reserve account there for you, yep. right? So what we're trying to explain, guys, is like if you are self-employed, if you went to a commission-based job, oh, speaking of commission-based, if you change industries and you go to a commission-based job, how many years do you need to have uh, on your tax returns? Depends on the lender, but usually one to two. One to two. Yes. Okay. So if you just switch from uh, W-2 to a commission-based job, they majority of lenders will not qualify you unless you have at least one year of experience. Yep. Most likely two. They want to do a 12-month uh, or a 24-month average of, uh, of you and see how much you're actually grossing, you know, and then what are you actually netting from that position too. Yep. Same thing with me as an agent, right? When I started doing full-time in 2015, left my corporate job, they said, nope, you can't buy until 2017 because you don't have two years of history. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I guess my plan is going to be pushed back two years and then we'll get started, right? So biggest takeaway, like you said, Carl said, is tax accountant. Make sure you get that uh, lined up and you want to have the conversation with your lender and get all of these items already fixated. Um, if you're looking to purchase next year or even this year, okay, Le- bad, worst thing you want to do is be unprepared, especially as in self-employed. You need to take your business serious and you need to take your finances serious in order to make the smartest financial investments and decisions for you and your family, okay? We hope that was a good enough value for you guys. If you're self-employed, please make sure to reach out to us. We have wonderful connections with accountants and lenders. But until next ep- episode, we'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside.